0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service, or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Oh, good morning church, how are you today? You feeling good today? If you're feeling good, give a good clap. So good, man. Beautiful outside, beautiful inside. Just a great place, great time to be at church. Amen. Amen. If you're a guest today, we want to welcome you. We're so honored you'd come visit with us. We hope you'll come back. And uh, can our church give our guests a great hand? Just give them a good clap. We're so glad you're here. We mean it. We really mean it. We're glad you're here. Uh, I wanted to follow up with uh, the announcement on the the tree that's out there uh, for the blessings for helping uh, children with Christmas. And I want to invite any of you that are part of our church family, that if you have needs, we want to take care of our, our church as well. And, um, you know, it's wonderful to help other people, but when you have people in your own house who are going through struggles, which are just part of life for, for some people, and we understand that, and there's no shame on that, but we want to partner with you as well. And so how we can help you would be if you would take one of the connection cards and write your name and your email and phone number on that. Maybe then just write on there, I need help for Christmas. And then we will contact you and find out what those needs are. And we'll do our best to, to serve you just like we serve those outside of our house. And we want to be sure that we take care of our family as well because we're a big family. You got that, right? And so we want to help each other. Amen. So. Are you ready for Thanksgiving, everyone? Are you ready? I love Thanksgiving. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? For me, I'll tell you, I, listen, there's this perfect bite. Do y'all have a perfect bite? i tell you, I have a perfect bite. I look forward to this. It's it's when you get turkey and a little dressing and a little cranberry sauce all in one bite. And oh my gosh, it's so good. I like, woo! Um so good. And then you followed up a pumpkin pie. Man, this good. Who doesn't like Thanksgiving? What kind of, whoever came up with Thanksgiving, I'm like, those are my people. Like, they, they, they said, let's find a way to make everybody happy and thankful, and then let's eat like crazy. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. So it's just a great, great season. And the Cowboys, and the Cowboys, uh, how many Panther fans do we have in the house today? Uh, well, no Panther fans? I'm We live in North Carolina. Well, listen, Cowboys play you today, and... We'll just see. We'll see. I want to preach about thankfulness today. Uh, it's it's appropriate, obviously, in the season we're in. Um, Thanksgiving is Thursday, and I want to take a moment and just kind of help us understand the depths of Thanksgiving. And also, I want to compare it and contrast it to complaining, because complaining is is. Well, listen. Nobody likes to be around a complainer. You know that. Um, complaining there's no value in it, and the people around you don't want to hear it either. So, um, so giving thanks is, is is greater than complaining, and that's my title today. And I, I found myself a couple weeks ago when we were on our vacation, standing in long lines, and and here I am in you know this amazing time with family and and just hanging out and. There was this one time I'm standing in line, and I'm like, ugh, long lines. Hey, you know what the worst kind of complaining is? You know what the worst kind is? Is stating the obvious. That's, that's, you know, like, everybody around you already knows that. Like, at least bring some new information in your complaint, you know? Um, You know, like, help at least make it interesting in your complaint. It's kind of like when you go, it's so hot. Uh, We know. Like, so... Well, I'm standing in line and it's so long lines, you know, and and somewhere along the way, I had that nice revelation. You're on vacation, you know, like, you know, be quiet, you know, like enjoy the moment. And it's interesting how perspectives can shift when we find ourselves being thankful rather than complaining. And so I wanna take us to the verse in 1 Thessalonians, actually three verses here. And the context of this verse is not written to vacationers. Um, It's it's not written to really good and, and happy seasons of life. It was written in the context of difficulties. It was written in the context of challenges in some of life's tougher seasons. And so I want you to hear that. hear this verse in context of that. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, it says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks. Well, I want to just point out something before I move on, that those are commandments because they're not natural responses in difficulties. It's saying, these are the things that you should do when you face difficulties, but they're not natural, so it's not given to you in this, like, hey, if you feel like it, rejoice. Hey, when things are going great, praise God. No, no, no. It's just saying, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks when in all circumstances, For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It stands in complete contradiction to our normal response to difficulties. The normal response to something that comes up in our life that is difficult is complaining. The normal response is maybe frustration. The normal response to difficulties is something like anxieties or or worry or things of, you know, negativity and, and that's the normal things. And so we want to take this verse and find that it says that in all circumstances we should have a better response to this. Now one of the things that I really love about our church, lots of things that I love, but one of the things I love about our church is our faith for miracles and breakthroughs. I, I love that about us. I love that that our worship leader Kennedy was saying today, you know, we, we know that we can pray for these things and like God can come through for us. And you know, we, we feel that in our, in our church, that's, that's who we are, we, we believe these things. And when we face difficult circumstances as a church, we know to, to go into prayer mode and we believe for miracles. We, we believe for breakthrough. We believe for healings and we believe for restoration and we believe for fast turnarounds and all of those things. Matter of fact, when, when we feel heavy pressure and stress as a church body, we have learned because we've taught it so many times that we can use our God-given authority to re- resist the devil and overcome the problems, right? Listen, if, if I'm going through a hard time, and if you know anybody going through a hard time, there isn't a better place to bring them than to Life Church. Because we're going to partner with you, and we're going to pray, we're going to stand, we're going to cast out the devil, and we're going to we're going to do all those things. Amen. I love this about us. But one of the shortcomings of any church, including ours that emphasizes God's miraculous power, is at times it can develop a lack of spiritual maturity and depth. Why? Because miracles are, they're manifested in a moment. We pray and sometimes God just pow! we see the hand of God move and it's wonderful. I love it when God does that and we see that. Listen, there's not a minute that I'm believing that God doesn't do miracles and and heal and, and set us free. Miracles are in a moment, but church, listen, ministry, I'm sorry, maturity is developed over time. It's a process of growth through the practice and the disciplines in our life. And if you only believe for miracles and God doesn't do the miracle, then many spirit-filled Christians get disillusioned in that and where is God? Maturity is developed in our life. You know, listen, I wish that we could pray for us to be miraculously and powerfully turned into a mature Christian. I wish we could have a prayer line today and we'd line you all up and we would just impart character and depth and stability, and faithfulness, and I wish we could line you all up and we'd be all done. We would start with that. We would just go, just before we worship, we're gonna have a prayer line and get everybody in line because we can just impart it, and you're gonna walk out of here as one of the most powerful, deep, well-meaning you know, Christians ever. You know, Wouldn't that be great? If that were the case, the Apostle Paul would have passed that on, and we would be like, his kind of strength and power right but guess what no it doesn't work that way does it no we can't it just doesn't listen I'll I'll give you an example what if, if if we could impart patience wouldn't that be great but let me challenge you to this go pray for patience one time and see what happens right it doesn't get imparted does it It gets processed, it gets, you gotta work through. You're gonna get longer lines at the checkout counter. One time I was at Disney and we were standing in line and my line's moving really slow. I'm like, "Mm." you know what I did, I'm changing lines. You ever done this? You change like that one's moving and all of a sudden it stopped and that one took off. I was like, ah. Thank you, Lord, for patience. We would be wise as a church body to understand that sometimes when we pray for miracles, God is busy developing maturity. Now, that's probably not the message you wanted to hear today. You probably want me to tell you that today when we pray at the end of the service, God's going to do it. And he may, and I'm gonna pray for it, don't get me wrong. And I'm gonna believe God for it. But I want us to be strong enough, mature enough, and able to know what to do when things don't go the way we think they should go. When God doesn't provide a miracle, we need to learn a mature response to circumstances. And the Bible says that when you are in all circumstances, what do you do? We rejoice always. That's your response. That's a mature response. We we pray continually. So if it didn't happen the first time, then you come back and pray again. And you take your needs and your cares to God and you give thanks in all circumstances. So maturity is developed when we make good choices in difficult circumstances. That's where we're developed. That's where we grow. That's how we get stronger and better. Also, though, note this, that maturity is revealed by the choices we make during difficult circumstances. You can learn a lot about people in difficult times. You can see where their heart is. When pressure is applied, what comes out? What squeezes out of our character? What squeezes out of our our faith? Do, Do you... You know, when pressure is applied, does, does anger come out? When when something goes wrong, does worry come out? When something is is not working the way it should and you didn't see the result you expected, does doubt show up in your life? What is coming out of you is revealing your spiritual depth, or are you choosing whether you feel like it or not? to rejoice, to say, God, I praise you in the middle of the storm. God, I'm gonna pray in the middle of this moment. And God, I'm gonna thank you in advance. I'm gonna thank you for who you are. What is your response? It's those difficult circumstances that build our maturity, that, that ways that, listen, difficult circumstances build us the ways that comfortability won't, right? Now, I wanna be comfortable. I love comfortable. We have comfortable chairs, amen? We like comfort. I'm all for it, like I'm all for comfort. I I build all the things I can to make life comfortable. But in spite of that, discomfort makes its way in. And and that's where there's work going on inside of our life. The Bible says in James one, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, now listen, I, I, did I put it? Yeah, good. I put it in parentheses. Now that, that next word, I put that in. That, that's not in the Bible, all right? But here's what it means. Instead, of, sometimes we see testing, we think God's trying to make us fail. Like he's going to see how far we can go till we fail. He's not trying. He is stretching your faith. The, the circumstances are stretching our faith. Because what does that do? It produces something. It produces perseverance in our life. And perseverance, it says, will finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. And so if you want maturity, you've got to know how to go through the stretching, how to go through the trials, how to go through the difficulties. Maturity is like a, a, a muscle, that grows stronger with resistance in your life. You don't grow stronger without resistance. Listen, if if it were true, then we would have the biggest bicep ever from lifting a fork from here to there. (laughs) What grows? Not this. (laughs) Something grows. how do you make this grow? Well, you pick up a, a 20 pound something and you, and you work because it's the resistance that forces and produces growth in your life. So miracles and perseverance are both important in our spiritual life. We need both. Miracles brings this new levels of faith in us. And, and you know when you see a miracle or you pray for someone and and, and it's like wow it happens there's a breakthrough there's some sort of a, a change that that only God could do and and if you pray for somebody you see it or if you receive that in your life if like you've been praying for something and suddenly God moves and and what happens is is inside of you there's this validation yes God did it God you're real and god it it works and and all this faith just comes alive in you in new levels and we need that we need to, we need to experience that in our life, but we also need perseverance that builds this platform, this foundation, the character, the, the, the ability to, to withhold and stand through difficult times in our life. Matter of fact, what happens to a lot of people is they experience something great with God, And it elevates them to a place of belief, but they don't have the foundation to handle it. And then when something goes wrong, they haven't built the strength and they just drop off whatever they gained. True? Am I preaching? Okay. All of us go through difficulties. I go through them. I I don't care how well you surround your life. I don't care if you have the the most comfortable couch and I don't care if you have the most money. It doesn't matter in that because somehow, some way, circumstances are gonna enter into your life that are difficult. And I wanna determine and I want to clarify where those difficulties come from today. And so I want you to notice on the screen four places that difficulties come from. Number one, difficulties come from our poor decisions. So you make poor decisions, you have bad consequences, right? I mean, you know, you, if you run up a credit card, right, you, and you, you, you do crazy stuff on your credit card, then well, who do you blame for that? You don't blame the credit card company, do you? Like, ah, the credit card company, they made me. No, they didn't. We just make poor choices sometimes. We've all done it. I make poor choices in my eating, especially at night. I'm so weak at night. Are you that way? I'm so weak. It's like all of my defenses go down and I'm seeking comfort food, you know? And, and, and so like you make poor choices and then yeah, they're supposed to close the kitchen. Well, she goes to bed, the kitchen's supposed to be closed. I open the kitchen. I know that I have the key. I go digging around and I make bad decisions. One night, one morning I got up and I said, man, I slept so bad. And she goes, I'm not surprised. (laughs) It's good to have a wife that'll tell you the truth. Not surprised. You ate this and that and this and ice cream and poor decision. So we all, everybody's made some poor decisions. Is that you Raise your hand? You know, that's their consequences. Sin is another way that, that difficulties come into our life and you make the you know, s- mistakes that are sinful and, and listen, there's always sowing and reaping involved with that and, and so sin is one of the things that creates you know, issues and brings those problems into our life. Number three, life itself. Listen, we live in a broken and fallen world you can be doing everything right and making good decisions and living a holy life and you know going to church and, and giving your tithes and you know you're doing it. You're reading your Bible and then somehow, some way, the economy drops out from under you and you know the labor costs go sky high in your business and you're like, well, I didn't expect all that. I Didn't not my fault. Listen, we just we're just alive and we're not in heaven yet, and so you're going to deal with it. The fourth area that difficulties come are spiritual warfare and there is a real enemy and he really doesn't like you because he doesn't like God and you love God so therefore you are in the target zone and and he will do everything he can to get you off of God's plan for your life so if he can't kill you he can't take your salvation away he's just going to make you miserable he's going to freak you out and scare you and all those things right so those are the the four places that Troubles come into our life. But what I want you to notice is what and who is not on that list. It's important to know that God is not on the list where your troubles come from. God does not give you sickness. God does not give you diseases, God does not give you pain, God does not cause your brakes to go out on your car, God does not cause your setbacks to come, He does not cause your difficulties, He does not, He doesn't break things in your life, that's not God. Listen, God is good, God is good, and He is a good Father, and a good Father would not give you something bad in your life. It's totally contradiction to who he is. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, it says, which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? So would a good father, if you, if you said, God, I, I, this is the needs of my life, would a good father go, have that? Would, it says, if you asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? If you then, though you are, and, and evil is a pretty strong word, all right, but let's just say we're not God, amen? If those of us who are not God, how, no, listen, know how to give a good gift to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so listen, the good things come from God. The, the troubles aren't from God. In the book of James chapter 1, 17, it says that every good and perfect gift is from God. So please, when I teach this message about trials and, and stretching, and I teach this message about, about the, the difficulties and how, how they actually strengthen you, what I don't want you to do is to confuse that to say that God has given you those things to make you better, because God is not giving you those things. He just can work through all the things that come at us. Some people, I've heard people say, well, God gave me the sickness so I can give him more glory. Well, no. God did not give you sickness. What kind of glory would it give to our heavenly father to say he gave us sickness? Listen, who wants to serve a God? Who are you gonna witness to and go, hey, guess what? If you serve God, he'll make you sick so you can praise him all the more. I'd be like, no, thank you. Also, like if if God gave you sickness, then it totally eliminates your ability to pray for healing. Because, I mean, what are you, gonna, you're going to go against God? You're going to be like, well, God gave me this sickness, now God take it away. And God says, well, I gave it. It's so contradictory. Listen, everywhere in the scriptures, it tells us to pray for healing. It even says that, that we should pray that, that what is in heaven would be realized on earth as he- God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And there's no sickness in heaven, there's no sorrow in heaven. Therefore, there's that, that's not God's plan. That's not we can't So don't mix those two up, please. Listen, here's what you can do is you can we can thank God. No, let me back that up. Back it up. We don't thank God for our problems. But we thank God in those problems. Is that fair? Because God works through the difficult situations in our life. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So he will take all those circumstances. And when you pray for healing and miracles, and, and sometimes it doesn't happen the way we, listen, we all want the miracle, but if it doesn't happen, instead of getting discouraged, realize God's on a plan. And he's on a plan to make you stronger. And if he's making you stronger, he probably has something bigger and better for you. And so if you have a perspective, instead of complaining when God doesn't do what you want, change your perspective and say, thank you, God, you're prepping me for something greater. Yes. Amen? Yeah. I think the, the American church has grown a little soft and I include us in that and that number so I'm not pointing at them I am but I'm also going us too I believe that the American church went through a generation of comfortability things generally went pretty good in our world and churches generally just grew and there became this whole mindset though of, of how to grow your church was to really keep it simple and light and, and, and just stay on the good things, you know, and just talk about happy stuff, really. And I'll be honest with you, I was part, I've been in that camp. and Because and, listen, that's my personality. Uh, listen, you're, I'm going to tell you good things. I don't care. I, I'm just that way. But if you don't teach perseverance at the same time, people don't have the the strength to handle it when things come into our life. And what I want to do is be sure that I have prepared our church to be strong in the midst of difficulties and to know how to stand up for biblical values when culture pushes a different direction. And if we don't have a, a spiritual backbone And if we're just worried about offending someone rather than pleasing God, then we're going to be weak and fall apart and fall away. That's a good word, Pastor Tim. Thank you so much. I appreciate that church. So good. We need spiritual backbones. We need to be faithful to God through all circumstances. I've often reflected back on the pandemic when churches closed down and many people were sick and many people died from the virus. It was a serious time, no doubt. And through that, many believers fell away from the Lord. They walked away from church and they no longer worshiped God. And in fact, our church, half of our church never returned. I've repented of that in my own life as a pastor and leader of this church. Because I don't feel like I had built into us fortitude. I don't think we had forged into the the hearts, the hard heart, I don't think we'd carved it in faithfulness through difficulties. I think we had carved in, God does miracles But I didn't teach you what to do when it didn't happen. And when you prayed for your friend to live and they didn't live, what happened? When you prayed for something to go this way and it all went that way and and people found themselves disillusioned. They found themselves doubting. The whole movement of deconstruction of, of the gospel came out. And I made a decision that throughout my pastorate time of life church, there would be seasons and sermons that I would come along and tell you that everything's not going to go right every day. And in the midst of those hard times, you need to know what to do. And the Bible said that in Ephesians, it says, I'm sorry, Thessalonians, it says that we should rejoice always. And it says we should pray continually and we should give thanks in all circumstances, meaning that we have to be faithful to God through it all. And we have to be consistent in our worship at church. We have to be able to resist the enemy and we have to be able to stand alone in culture. Listen, if you're in high school, if you're in college, Let me tell you, you're going to have to stand alone. You're going to need a spiritual backbone that the previous generation didn't have to have in college. When I went to school, my professor didn't deconstruct everything. They didn't pull apart everything I knew. I didn't have friends that had radically different views of life. And we were generally kind of, Listen, what some, listen. I had some friends who were as heathen as they can be. And I acted just like them. But you know what? It never challenged me, though, in who God was. And, and they never tried to deconstruct the Bible. And, and today, our young people are a whole different place. And you need a pastor that will be truthful with you. But I will say this. That if you'll stand strong and you'll stand alone, you may face lonely times, you may face difficulties, you may face persecution, you may be called things, said things, but I'll tell you this, from heaven you're going to get a smile. That's all I can promise you. So I want to challenge you today to rejoice. Rejoicing, is praising by the way. It's, it's your praise to God. We need to pray, we need to be thankful. And I wanna say to you, these are disciplined responses to difficulties. Disciplined responses to difficulties that form your character. And so I wanna say to you that you can choose praise. It's it's available to you because God wouldn't have said do it if you couldn't do it, right? So he said do it. He said praise him. Why we praise him? When we praise God, we are revealing our passion of who he is and what he means in our life above the circumstances in our life. We're elevating who God is to us. And we're saying, God, you are God. You are always my God. I will always serve you. I will always lift my hands to you. I'll always worship you above everything else. You'll learn who your God is when you go through difficulties. Because if you can't worship God through your difficulties, then your mind is more trusting and more empowering the difficulties than you are lifting your hands to a powerful God. So praise him is a choice we make. Pray to God. He's near. He cares for you. It's a disciplined response. And choose thankfulness. Give thanks to God. Give thanks for what He's done in your life. Give thanks for who He is. Give thanks for the blessings that you do have. Change your perspective. This this Thursday is Thanksgiving. It's a great time to to put it into practice. At our house, we often will go around the table at Thanksgiving and we'll, we'll say what we're thankful for. You know, we, it's pretty simple, you know. And sometimes we draw names of people that are at dinner with us. And we'll take that name and you'll look at that person and you'll say, this is what I'm thankful for about you. And then we all cry and it ruins it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we're doing that this year. I don't want to cry this year. (laughs) You know, it's good to remember the things, though, that that are in our life and the people. It's good to be thankful for stuff. It's good to program ourselves in a place of thanksgiving. It's a fact that, that people tend to dwell on negativity and difficulties and criticisms and they dwell on that significantly longer than they dwell on their blessings. It's just it's human nature. That doesn't make you bad. Doesn't make me bad. It's just we're we're wired that way. That's why we have to discipline ourselves. And if we will live in the negativities and difficulties, then it it produces something in our life. It produces more fears and more doubts and more unhappiness. But if we can program our brains and, and discipline ourselves in, in praise and prayer and thanksgiving, then we'll live with more confidence in God and more faith in God and more joy in our life. And that's what, that's what we want to live out. In, in the book of Nehemiah, there's kind of a, what I would consider a little humorous uh, role of a priest. And so Old Testament, there was a time that they were giving roles to the priest what they were going to do at, in the temple. And then, you know, they gave him a role. They said, this is your job. It's kind of like when we say, hey, you're, you're the greeter, you know, kind of, you know, same kind of thing. And you're, you're the usher and you're the worship leader. And, you know, so we, they were, they're dividing up the task. And so in Nehemiah chapter 11, it, this is, it says in verse 17 that Madaniah, the son of Micah, and look what his role was. He was the director who led in thanksgiving and prayer. Like they assigned somebody the role. Your job is to stand around and say, thank you. Can you imagine that conversation? Hey, dude, what do you do for a living? Oh, I give thanks. (laughs) Really? Like, what does that look like? Oh, you know, I I show up at the temple and they hand me this list. And I stand in the temple and I say, well, thank you, God, for that. Amen. And I look at the next list. Thank you, God, for that. Amen. Thank you, God, for provision. Amen. Thank you, God, you protected us. Amen. Thank you, God, that you have helped us build the wall around the city. That was one of their things. Amen. Thank you for your presence here. Amen. Like his whole job was to stand around and give thanks. And I was thinking that that's an interesting thing that God put into practice. And it seems so ritualistic. But I think there's a secret in that routine. And here's what I believe that thankfulness is a choice that bypasses the limitations of your own emotional condition to align yourself to God. It's kind of a big statement. Thankfulness is is not our first response and that's not not our normal emotional condition. Difficulties come, emotions drop, we, we feel the anxiety, all those are normal things. We feel the stress, we feel the pressure And if we will take and put into practice thankfulness that bypasses that, it goes above it. And what it does is it begins to align us with God. Because if you choose complaining, it's gonna align you with doubt. It's gonna align you with fears. It's gonna align you with everything that works against what God wants to work for in your life. And so we need to put into practice the discipline of thankfulness because it will change your life and it will develop inside of you character, but it'll also align you with what God wants in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm gonna close with just a, a couple of thoughts here. That God dislikes complaining to the same degree that he likes thankfulness. Like they're, complaining only happens when we're more mindful of our problems than who God is in our life. So praise and prayer and thanksgiving, that's what draws us closer to God. Everything else is pulling our faith away. And so I want us to practice practice the discipline of praise in our life. Because complaining isn't going to help you and it's going to aggravate the people around you. But if you will practice praise you'll practice the discipline of prayer. Practice the discipline of thanksgiving. I believe it's the I believe it's the way that God develops our life and prepares us. And, and so why would you want to do these things? Well, one is it's right. It's just, we just want to honor God with our whole life, whether life is good or bad. It's all about him and I serve him and, and you know, and I'm not gonna fall away, I'm just gonna be, be a strong Christian. So that's the number one reason. But also it aligns us. And when we're aligned with God, then potentially that is the, the way that God knows you're ready for your breakthrough. You know, because if, if you don't have the character, if you don't have the, the foundation, because what could happen to someone is, let's say you experience this big breakthrough, maybe, maybe you are carrying the gift of healing and you're praying for someone to be healed and, and it happens. And if you don't have the character, then what could happen is as is Jesus isn't the middle of your story, you become the story and look what I've done. And so God will be like, you know what? I'm gonna build your life. Also, I do believe that God wants to, to bless his people. I'm, I'm totally in line with that. But I don't think he wants to bless you to the point to where you don't serve God anymore. Or at least you don't have the character to handle that level of blessings. I have known people who have, in some capacity, they were able to buy the boat of their dreams. And they've been faithful church members. And and when life was a little more of a struggle for them, they were desperate for God and they were front row worshiping. God, I need you. And somehow they're blessed and they got their boat. Instead of coming to church, they went out on the water every Sunday. And what happened was they got blessed past their foundation. So I think God wants to prepare you. Also, listen, 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 we're, we're, our humanness, we're, we're crazy people. We'll fall away from God when he gives us too much. And On the other hand, when things go bad, we'll fall away from God there too because we're like, "Ah, where's God? he didn't help us. He didn't show up and then we doubt and fall away. So listen, it's it's tough for God. (laughs) He's got a tough job dealing with us. Fair? So what does he do? He puts 1 Thessalonians in there and says, I'm gonna help you grow up so that you can handle the low times And you're prepared for the high times. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to close with an invite. An invitation for those who have never met Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We've been talking about how through the highs and the lows of life, we, we want to worship Him and we want to pray to Him and we want to thank Him. And all those are our reality for those who are believers because we genuinely know that we can trust God. We genuinely know that he is worthy of our praise. We genuinely know that he has saved us. As a matter of fact, church, we have so much more if you're saved to be thankful for than to complain about. Listen, I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I've been set free. I have a hope, I have a future, I have heaven. I've got a, a body of believers to stand with me. I mean, there's so much, right? But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, then you don't have all of that in your life. And so I want you to know that if you've never met Jesus, today is the day of salvation. God loves you and he wants you in his big family. It's the sin that has separated us, the mistakes we've made that have driven this wedge or wall between you and God, and, and you can't fix it. You can't get to God with sin in your life. And so you need a way to deal with that sin, and the only way to deal with sin is to be forgiven of that sin. And Jesus Christ, he died on the cross to take the penalty for your sin so that you can be forgiven. And have this amazing new life in God. You can be saved. You believe. That that's your job. God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I turn to him. I can't do it. I can't fix myself. But Jesus can forgive me. And I receive that today. That's that's all you have to do. But I think there's a moment of decision for you today. And so I'm gonna make it private and personal for just a moment. And I'm gonna ask our church body just to close your eyes, bow your heads. And Father, if there are people in this room that have never said yes to Jesus, would you knock on their heart and give them the courage to say, I want to be saved today. And if that's you, would you lift your hand to me? I'd love to see your hand. Is there anyone in the room? Just lift your hand to me and say, Pastor, today I want to be saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all just pray this out loud. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's just a great way to recommit your heart to the Lord. Let's pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He came to earth. He died on the cross. He paid the price that I deserved. I turn to him today. I ask for forgiveness. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name, can I get a great amen, church? Amen. Would you you stand to your feet with me? We're gonna close today with our, our worship and our prayer time and, and I want to remind you that we do believe in the miraculous power of God. And we're gonna have prayer leaders right up here ready to partner with you and pray for you and whatever it is going on in your life and we're gonna stand and say, God, would you do the miracle today? Yes. But if you don't, we're still gonna praise you. Can I get an amen? Yes. But what if you came and he did today? Yes. Like, let's, let's go for it today. So would our prayer leaders come to the front? If you prayed that prayer of salvation with me, I would love for you to take your next step. And that would be to come to one of these people and let them know I prayed that prayer. It's so powerful to move from a private decision and confess that to someone. And I want you to do that today. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe you rededicated your life, come to someone and say, this is is me. If you need prayer for anything, come to them. Communion's in the corner. Also, we stand and worship. I love you, church. Let's enter in for just a few more minutes.